He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, this is The Locker Room Guys, brought to you by Chad's Pizza. Today we are breaking down the SEC, and nothing goes better with SEC football than Chad's Pizza. Um, yeah, shout out to Chad's. They're a great time. Dyersville or Cedar Falls College coming back in full swing. If you go to, you know, you and I, go check that, go check it out. But um, anyway, yeah, SEC, well, let's start first. Uh, Johnny Manziel documentary went out. want to go over that just a little bit. Um, personally, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was, it obviously kind of sad, but like to know that he's doing good now, you know, owning a club and everything. I mean, it's pretty cool, but like literally, I mean, we were like kids, definitely. Like when he was just balling out, he was the coolest person ever. Um, he just embodied what college football was and that picture of him smoking, smoking a J out of the Heisman trophy with like the stiff arm, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And that's just nothing says Johnny Manziel more than that picture. I'll just have you go Logan. But uh no, I that that documentary was awesome. Obviously. Um it's one of those that everyone's been waiting for. Like if you ask the common sports fan, college football fan in general, what's the if you can make a documentary about someone who would be the number, at least their top three is that one. There's like, obviously Florida's in there and they're coming out with one. You like a Tim T. It is Johnny Mansell's always in there. And just to see how he went through life was crazy because it, we probably weren't at the age yet where we knew about the, the situation with the family where they, uh, they said they were oil, oil family. Oh, right. Yeah. We probably, I don't think we were at the age yet where we like knew about that. That that's why they never really investigated too much, but the everyone you talk to that's older knows like wow that's crazy to say that they didn't even to find out that they didn't even know that like that that's not what their family was, but that's awesome and yeah he was like you said he was one of the most electric college football players ever and we just loved him for who he was and not all the shit that happened outside of football. Yeah, I just I think it's awesome how like he was like a guy who was like obviously like you love him and everything but his manager everything he get he got away with like everything and like like what's his name the coach um whatever his name is was cardinals coach forget his name but uh, kingsbury yeah kingsbury but like kingsbury would like know what he was doing too and he still let him play because you can't bench a guy who's heisman heisman can't probably the best player in football he says it in the episode he's like it's like i'm the best player in fucking football what are you gonna do about it you can't bench me <laughs> Like yeah. He says it. It's so funny that he was just a cocky motherfucker. He does. He he embodies it like he's perfect for us. Like we love that kind of player who's like flashy, exciting, kind of an asshole, and that's what he was. So yeah, I loved it. It was great. Best documentary I've seen in a while. Oh yeah, just like what you said with Kingsbury. Um, <laughs> he's like all hungover. It's game day. And he's like, you better fucking win this game, and then just goes on to have like the best game of his career. It's just so damn funny. But um, yeah. And we, we probably, you don't need to turn it because we don't clip this, but like 
he it's wild because Manziel and um Manti Teo were at the same time. I saw this on Twitter and <laughs> someone's like, Why neither of them got even questioned about anything? <laughs> yeah. It's like what the hell is going on in the internet at the de- at that time? If it was today that that like Manziel was here and you couldn't do the NIL stuff and then Manti Teo had all this shit happen, like someone would have found out. Right, like right away. So that's it's crazy about it to not even question Manziel's like family at all, or like about his living, is just wild to me. Yeah, I mean they made up just the perfect backup story, Ram, and like just everybody's like, ah, yeah, we'll, we'll just accept it. Um, oh, then we have the AP poll. AP poll for preseason came out. Um, I know there's a lot of like mixed emotions on preseason AP polls in general because they're pretty stupid. Uh, fun stat. 17 of the last 18 years, the number one rated team going into the season hasn't won a national title. Um, also, out of the top seven preseason teams, though, every single champion since, like, 2004 has been um, ranked in the top seven of the preseason, at least, other than the one outlier of Cam Newton at Auburn, which is absolutely insane. But, um, yeah, I just kind of want to get you guys quick, like, biggest – maybe like surprises, whatever, on the AP poll. Uh, for me personally, well, Alabama at four, they haven't been ranked outside of uh, the top three, I believe, since 2009. And uh, that year they won the national title. So, um, I mean, take that as you will. Um, look at more things like Washington being ranked in the top 10, uh, Texas falling back to 11, um, obviously with the hype around Texas. I'm happy that they're at 11. Um, I'll take it as it is. Notre Dame at 13. Luke, I know that uh, you're not as bullish on um, Notre Dame as they are. But, um, yeah, like, seeing Iowa sneak in, though, that was pretty cool. Um, like, listen to McElroy today. He thinks it's bullshit. But um, I guess I guess we'll find out. But, uh, yeah, I guess if you guys have any, like, knee-jerk reactions to any people, you can go ahead. Yeah, so basically my biggest ones are uh, I love the respect with Iowa, like yeah. you said. Um, I didn't know if we'd get that respect because we are – I think people have said it, too. Like, we're one of the most – the more – Overlooked teams, I guess, this year. If you like, if they did come out with like rankings for that, um, yeah, Notre Dame at thirteen. I mean, they are Notre Dame. They, I just think their schedule is so tough. Like, you, they're gonna, you're gonna go be happy to go one and three, one and two out of the Clemson, um, USC, and Ohio State games. Like, you go one and two out of that, you're gonna be happy. That's two losses already. That might help them though in the long run. Maybe even still staying, get to the top ten if they can do that. But. Uh, those are really the two big ones. I like Oregon State, got respect. Uh, Wisconsin, 19. I think that's just like a knee-jerk reaction to Fickle. Like, he's done so much at Cincinnati, so like, oh, well, he's got to be a top-20 coach. I don't really know if that's the case. Same as, like, North Carolina. They have Drake May, but I don't know if they really have the team around him to right. win a ton of games. But other than that, I mean, I like putting Tulane in there because give him a little respect. You got, you got your quarterback back, uh, and you did beat USC last year, so that makes sense. But other than that, I think they – Pretty much hit it head on. I like Utah. They gave them respect just at least being a top 15 team considering they uh, have won the Pac-12 the last two years. So that's that's good. But other than that. I think uh, Kansas State got pretty overrated. I think they're like the biggest They, them, me, they do them at 16. I The thing is with Kansas State, though, is. You're um, betting on the coach and like just their system. They're, they usually reload fine. So but. They have. But like of the Big 12 teams. Put you have Texas, Kansas State, TCU, Oklahoma in that order, the top four. Yep. So 
I could see it, but it's weird because Oklahoma is the betting their number two, and then you get put at number four in the rankings. So that's kind of weird. But outside of that, I don't see a problem. Number two right now over Oklahoma? No, like of those four oh, okay, in yeah, the yeah. AP pool. Yeah. But outside of that, I don't see a problem. I like the one through four, uh, even like even one through ten, I would say. I'm. You could maybe flip a few for a round, but that's not going to yeah. make that much of a difference as the preseason. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I like, I mean, it's obviously preseason doesn't matter that much, but uh, I don't know why Iowa's in South Carolina and Spencer Rattler's the team. They should be in there over Iowa. Uh, I like, I like how Iowa's in, though. I think every year they like first game of the year, like first few games of the year, though, they like prove that they're going to be a top 25 team. So they end up being in it. So it's like kind of like finally they actually put them in to start. But yeah, I mean, you got three Big Ten teams in the top ten. I like how Penn State is like going to be top seven. I thought they might be lower just because, like, obviously with Clemson, Florida State, the hype with Jordan Travis, Washington, like all these guys. I thought maybe put Penn State behind them, but I think that's they're good at seven and like being in the top ten. So, um, I think we're gonna do our preseason AP polls. Just just ten teams like we did in college basketball. But I'll start off with mine. Um, I put Michigan at one. Um, if you want to know my the whole reasoning behind Michigan, just go back to the last episode. But the main gist is I'm a J.J. McCarthy believer. I think this year that uh, they finally get over the hump and they're returning 77% of the roster. Uh, then I go Georgia, obviously. Ohio State, I think they're just as good as Michigan, if not better. Uh, Texas is at four, obviously a homer, but with the talent that they have, if everything falls into place, and especially their schedule too, other than Bama, I'm not really scared of anybody. Um, yeah, they could definitely be a playoff contender. Then uh, LSU and Florida State, I think they're essentially like very, very similar teams where they have like a lot of big names. They have a ton of guys returning, um, pretty new coaches that have like established themselves. So kind of pick your poison there. We'll find out week one anyway who's better. Um, then I have Alabama. That's really damn low, but I mean, that's just where I have them. And uh, then I have Clemson, Penn State, and USC. Yeah, I like that. USC 10? Yeah. Be weird for when I do mine here. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's going to get really weird for me, too. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. But... Anywho, I'm kind of doing it, like, towards, like, the end of the year more. I'm not, like, obviously it's preseason, but I went with, like, that's what I think, how the how it'll all shape up to That's what I did, end. too. USC at number one. I think they just dominate uh, this year. <laughs> um, Damn it. Damn it, Luke. I just don't see that was how they don't. You have the best quarterback in the country. You had, what, two losses last year. First year head coach. First year everything. They were all new, and they still two losses, and everything improved, I feel like. Um, Ohio State at two. I think they win the Big Ten. Michigan at three. I still think they are right there, right behind Ohio State. Winner of that's going to be two, three, maybe even one, two. Georgia four, think they take a step back. They lost. I know they've lost a lot of talent the last couple years on defense, but I think this year is like you lost two years of defense, and you lost like a whole that team two years ago. You lost. You just lost them in two year span. So I think that whole defense is gone. Maybe, obviously, it's Georgia. They'll reload, but maybe not to quite the standard as they have been. Uh, LSU five. Penn State six. It's just hard to put them any higher if they lose to Ohio State, and Michigan. Hopefully, they beat one of them. I think they might. Bama seven. They're still Alabama. There's no need to explain that. Texas at eight. I think they win the Big Twelve, but 
I just think these teams ahead of them are better. Clemson 9, Florida State 10. I just don't like the ACC's the ACC. I don't think it's that strong. And I have a f- hard time believing Florida State because I said this to Joey the last two times they've been ranked really high. They just have not done anything with it. They've almost had like their worst seasons. So that scares me with Florida State. I think this is different, but you never know. And Clemson's, I just don't think they're at the quite the standard that these other teams are at anymore with the transfer portal and everything. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I like your first pick, your number one overall team, because I'm about to say it too. So, yeah. Joey, you got anything on it? On USC? Or do you want me to get it? Or just like Luke's top 10 or should I go? Oh, no, yeah, you can go ahead. I mean, I think, or I guess one thing, um, there's like tiers to this like kind of stuff, I think. Obviously, right now, with like the amount of uncertainty. And it's not like, oh, I think that um, LSU is like way better than Alabama just because I have them ranked higher. I think they're like on the same tier where like either way, it's not going to surprise me on if they like do very successful this year. Yeah. Okay, I'll just get in mind then. Uh, yeah, like like I just was kind of saying, I have USC at number one. I think they're going to win it all. So by the and I I'm going off like how the end how like the end of the year I think it's going to look. So obviously I'll put USC at one. Uh, I also have Ohio State at two, just because I'm an Ohio State guy. I think if their quarterback can play, they're going to be really good. Uh, Georgia at three. I mean it's Georgia. They're going to be top three team every year now for a long time. I actually have Bama at four. I think even when Bama goes to like. Do you think they're going to be bad, lose a quarterback? Kind of like Mac Jones when he came in. They're still going to be good. Going to be one of the top teams. Uh, I have Penn State at five. Because I think that they're going to beat Michigan, and they'll have one loss to Ohio State. So I can't put Michigan ahead of them, if that makes sense. So yeah, And then I have, yeah. So then I have Michigan at six, obviously, because they'll have two losses to two top five teams. Uh, then I got LSU at seven. Uh, pretty Yeah, Florida State at eight. Clemson at nine, and then I have Tennessee at ten, just because I like Joe Millen in Tennessee, and I'm a very biased guy. So, <laughs> I love it. But uh, yeah, I guess I mean we just named off a ton of SEC teams. Let's just hop into their breakdown. Starting off, obviously, with the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Um, you know, going for the three peat, whatever. But uh, Georgia. So apparently, they were called like young last year before the season. I mean, outside of like Stetson Bennett, you had like a lot of young talent and. I mean, this year, I think it's going to be kind of similar where, like, you, there's a lot of uncertainty and, like, who the guys are coming up. Um, and we obviously saw what they did last year. But uh, they lose their offense coordinator after having a great offensive season. Their offense actually outperformed their defense. They were fifth in the country in offense and ninth in defense. But they did just get their OC back from the early 2010s. It's Mike Bobo. He coached, like, Matt Stafford, Aaron Murray, like, those Georgia teams. Um, they lost Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington, Stetson Bennett, and Kenny McIntosh on their offense. But here's who they replaced them with. They got a five-star tackle from, like, the portal just because they can do that. They have Brock Bowers still at tight end. Carson Beck's filling in for Stetson Bennett. And uh, their backfield is Dewan Edwards and Kettle Milton, who we saw last year, who could be very effective. So, like, losing their pieces on offense doesn't as much um, scare me. Uh, Lad McConkey's back, of course. He had just one hell of a season. What scares me with Carson Beck, though, is last year, Stetson Bennett, which this could be a whole offense thing, too. He was first in college football in the red zone, and he was, um, like, the most elusive quarterback, according to PFF, which is fucking crazy, thinking of, like, Stetson Bennett. Like, he just 
a lot of times you just get himself out of trouble, and especially in those big games too. Um, lost five guys to the draft. Um, obviously, they reloaded with just a ton of fucking dudes. It's just like they like losing um, Jordan Davis and uh, who's the last guy? Um, or guy recently. For it. Yeah. No one no one Smith and Jalen Carter. No one Smith did play last No, the year. uh defense tackles like uh back to back years, Jalen Carter and then whoever the other one is on the Eagles. But anyway, um they filled that two guys in with two guys who are both three hundred and fifteen pounds. Like that's just what Georgia's is and like they like even obviously those players aren't gonna live up to that hype for the most part, but they can do what any other school can do and not even put a band aid over things, but they can almost just like cover it up, I feel like. Uh, and then my final thing, they have one of the easy schedules in the Power Five, so that's just pretty much all you need to know for as far as that. Yeah, no, obviously Georgia's, Georgia, they're, they're to that standard like Bama was. Like, they're going to reload every year. They lose it. They lose guys. They lose guys. It doesn't matter to them. Um, I do think losing, like, guys, though, like, the last how many years, like, their defense obviously took a step back. A little, not huge, but a little bit from the previous year. And now they lost even more of those guys with, like, Ringo and all, and uh, Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith didn't play last year. But I, it's still going to be good. It's Georgia. Like you said, they're going to reload. They still, like, Carson Beck, I like Carson Beck. I think if he can just manage the game like Setson Bennett did, I think he maybe have more a little more talent and a little more flash where he can be the Heisman. I have him as a Heisman future. So that's obviously uh, something you're thinking about. And they still have the best, probably one of the, like, pound for pound, like, position for position um, player in the country with Brock Bowers. Like, he's that good. So they're going to reload. They're probably going to win. They're kind of probably going to be in that SEC championship game. Maybe if they, maybe they have one loss, they go to Tennessee, which will could be very tough. But we'll see how Tennessee is. And, it's Georgia. Uh, betting wise, there's just no really point in taking them no, to win the yeah. conference because they're like one hundred. They're in the one twenty. SEC championship game it says they're minus one fifteen. So like that's just crazy. So there's just no point. Carson Beck Heisman's in there. Maybe even a Brock Bowers, but that's got to be crazy as a no, tight yeah, end that. to do that. So. That's they're they're like the typical Georgia. Like the last couple of years, they don't have like that standout Heisman candidate necessarily, but their overall team is going to be better than everyone you everyone they face, and that's why they win games. Kirby Smart is, you could argue right now, he is the best coach of college football. Obviously, Saban, Saban, but right now, it's hard to argue with back-to-back uh, national champions. So, you just never... We're just going to say this. It's just like Bama when they were first kind of starting to win, it felt like. Every year, like, oh, they lost so much, they lost so much. And then you've got these guys that come out of nowhere and are first-round picks, and you've never heard of them until they break out and they're Heisman candidates. It's just how this team's going to be. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to get into, too, because it's like it's like that ba- year that Bama has, like, Bryce Young's second year, and they had, like, what's the name, like, Jameson Williams and them. Like, you had no idea who those guys were even when they got to, like, the to the end, and all of a sudden they're, like, the best receivers in the draft class. When you have teams like this, they have freshmen coming in every year, and then once they're sophomores, they're going to be playing. And that's why I'm going to look at Georgia like this every year now. It's the same thing you do with Bama, like we were saying. Like, doesn't matter who you lose, doesn't matter. All these transfers and everybody that's going to be coming in is going to be just as good, maybe better. Like, that's just the standard you got to hold Georgia to nowadays. And 
obviously it's going to hurt when you lose your best corner, your two defensive guys, but brought in two transfers at receiver. And like, I think this is something I always just like personally believed in is like having a good tight end can help a quarterback out. Cause it's like, he's like, I don't a know why. Valve. Like, yeah, he's kind of like a safety valve kind of guy. And that's what Brock Bowers can do for Carson Beck. And Brock Bowers started as a true freshman. This is third year. And he has two national championships. Like he's got, he's played in every single game possible. So he's going to be, yeah, like you said, like pound for pound, best player in football. And yeah, like the like Luke also just said was they have probably the best coach in football right now. So um yeah, crazy stat. Like Georgia has had sustained greatness. I get, we just haven't really noticed them since like they went on these championship wins. Uh the loss in twenty twenty one SEC championship versus Alabama. Oh, this is like all has related to do with uh turnover margin because like Georgia they started forcing more turnovers and they limited they limited on them and now look at them they're national champions in 2021 versus Alabama minus 2 2020 uh South Carolina and Florida they're minus 2 in both those games 2019 uh minus 4 uh turnover margin against South Carolina again minus 2 against LSU like if Carson Beck can come in not turn the ball over obviously get the run game going have their defense still make electric plays like they have uh yeah I think Georgia should be perfectly fine yeah, that's that thing with, like, the Stetson Bennett. Um, Stetson Bennett didn't make mistakes. And when he did, he usually came back and made up for it. Yeah. Like, example, that Bama game in the SEC Championship, I believe it was. Maybe it was the championship. I can't remember. But he fumbled or he threw that, that pick or something, and they scored, and then he comes back and drives down the field and scores a touchdown. So that's the thing that you might be – that's the thing that Carson Beck needs to do. He just needs to come in. Not turn the ball over, and when you do, flush it and come back and make a play. And that's what Seth Bennett did two years he was there. That's why he won games because you got to remember you're at Georgia. You have talent around you, a ton of it. Just take care of the ball. If you do mess up, you're going to. It's football. You're a college kid. You're going to make stupid decisions. But just know you have a very good team around you. You don't have to be a hero and make all these plays like a – like a kill Williams had to do last year because he knew his defense probably wasn't getting stops. Your defense is going to be good. Your offense, Kirby Smart is going to scheme things around for you to help you out to your strengths. So you just got to be solid, and you'll be in New York. Stetson Bennett was solid last year. He wasn't nothing like outstanding, but you look and then you go look at his numbers, and he was unbelievable. Most if you would have just blind eye looked at his numbers, you'd have thought he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country because he just did his job, and that's what you have to do at Georgia. Similar to those Alabama teams when they had like. Like, nobody at quarterback. Like, even, like, McElroy, like you said him earlier, talking about this, some of these teams, it's like, they weren't flashy. Mac Jones wasn't, like, nothing flashy. But he got the job done, and he got the guy to – got the ball to his weapons, I guess you could say, and let him do – let him go to work. Um. All right, so should we hop into Alabama? Yeah. All right, now for yeah. the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> I haven't done this. I need to get back. I need to get back into the buttons. But uh, I don't have a ton on Alabama just because there's a lot of question marks. But there's some things that are, like really open your eyes up at whatever. What you get? What I mean? But Alabama, they're coming into the season with three straight years of record-breaking recruiting classes, top six uh, recruiting classes of all time. He has three of them in his locker room right now, which is fucking crazy. Um, this year's recruitment class was the highest ranked class in football history with 12, five stars, 15, four stars. 
but Bama ranks 55th in transfers. Um, obviously, those freshmen aren't going to play like right away. Maybe some of them will. But like I said, the other two classes he has in, they're like almost just as dominant. Uh, Tyler Buckner, he's coming in from Notre Dame alongside his offense coordinator and looking to fill, obviously, the huge shoes of Bryce Young. I watched uh, Joe Klatt's interview with um, Nick Saban. He said the biggest problem with our team last year was we just relied way too much on Bryce Young. And you look at some of those Bryce Young games, it was just absolutely unreal how he could just get this team back into any game. Like that Tennessee game, Tennessee could easily – it looked like they were going to blow the doors open on Alabama. He fights back, gives them the lead late. And, uh, I mean, a couple, couple plays happen. Tennessee ends up winning at the end of the day. But um, – yeah, Tyler Buckner, not very impressive at all last year. If he is a starter, there's Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, who's another five-star. Um, but, yeah, there's no certainty at all on who's going to be under center. And, obviously, with Nick Saban, the, do quarterbacks necessarily matter? We don't know. I mean, the last how many were getting drafted, uh, first-round draft picks. But, uh, yeah, this Alabama team is just – the talent's obviously there. No, like, big names. Maybe, like – a Georgia kind of feel, but yeah, it's just a quarterback situation. We just don't know what we're going to get. Yeah. That's kind of the reason I, I'm like not super high on um, Alabama is because, well, or my bad, they don't have like an unreal running game either. Like they, those Bama teams had like Derrick Henry fucking, you name them. You just handed the ball and they just score, but I don't know. Yeah. So like, even like last year you look, they had, like you said, they, they relied so much on Bryce Young, and you could see that when they played. Like, he had to make plays after plays at the play, and he did. That's why he was a Heisman. That's why he was contention for Heisman the next year. Like, that's why they were in games. You, And they had, like, the running game may not have been elite last year, but we had Jameer Gibbs who could make plays. He could make you miss, and he could break off for big runs and stuff like that. So that's the thing. Um, they're obviously going to come loaded. Like you said, they have a very good class coming in, but – there's young, that means. So, and like in, a, in an SEC that I feel like the SEC is, has lately, these coaches have been dominating that transfer portal. And like, you see teams that maybe don't do that. They kind of maybe struggle a little bit, like a Clemson, like just get going. I don't know. But that's why I'm out on them. Their over under wins is 10 and a half. I took their under because I just think they're down this year. But how many times have people said they're down in the past? And they've just came on in the at least in the playoffs and maybe contention for the national championship. So I wouldn't count them out. They got Tommy Reese. I mean, I I, I like him um, from Notre Dame, so that's not bad. And you bring your quarterback with. That's why I think Buckner's going to start because you you don't just hire him. And I feel like you, Buckner's going there. I feel like he has the job. But you look Heisman odds. Um, they're all. Ty Simpson, Ty Buckner, and Jalen Miller are all tied for the odds of 60-1. to So, that's clear. They don't really even have a guy yet. Yeah. I mean, it's all going to come down to who the quarterback is. I mean, I don't know which one's better. It's hard to It's going to be hard to tell you. You don't really know, like, what's going on there. But whatever one it is, if they're even just, like, somewhat decent. Because Bama's had teams before where their quarterback is not great. It's just they have so much talent, running backs, and, like, wide receivers and defense. So, like, you can't even, like, I know, Luke, you're questioning the quarterback play and everything, but at one point, Bama was, like, they never really had that quarterback. They had teams that were so good without a quarterback, but that's also with some of the greatest defenses of all time, like, in college, so obviously. But I know for I know for sure they have, like, a freshman corner who's supposed to be, like, one of the best corner 
prospects of like in a very long time, but he's only a freshman. You obviously lose Will Anderson, you lose Jameer Gibbs, you lose all these guys, but that happens to Bama every single year. So they're going to have guys coming in. Like you said, number one recruiting class. It's a thing where you can see him having one of them. They get, get in like a decent bowl game. Not decent, obviously. Decent for them. Like a bad bowl game for them, which is like three losses. You can see, I can see that happening, but I can also see them obviously being in the college football playoff again and even possibly winning it all just because it's Bama. Same as Georgia. It's, they have the same treatment, so. Uh, moving into LSU. So LSU under Brian Kelly had a great year last year. Offense line was extremely young, and uh, but they held up. They were second last in SEC in sacks allowed, but they they returned four guys, and they have like a lot of hype around them that they're going to be NFL draft picks. You know, like. Brian Kelly, really good at getting offense linemen, and um, they think this group is going to prove a lot. Uh, Jane Daniels, returning quarterback, he was very solid last year, and he even le- led the team in rushing stats. Uh, I believe they added a running back, or they're returning to their guy that they feel a lot more confident in running the ball. Um, they upgraded out wide receiver. They lost Keishon Butte, but they, from what I've heard, it's almost like addition by subtraction. Um, obviously, he was still good but the guys that they have coming up they think can definitely be better um and like when you upgrade that offensive line i think it just helps out everywhere across offense and i'm like really looking forward to watch lsu this year i think they can definitely improve uh, their tight end mason taylor he was a true freshman last year and he's absolutely unbelievable in that alabama game alone he just kind of did whatever he wanted he was so fucking good um moving on to their defense, they really didn't lose too much. They lost B.J. Ojolari to the draft, but they, I mean, LSU, they, like Luke brought up the transfer portal earlier, I think LSU is a number two um, transfer class in college football, and um, they've just reloaded everywhere. They're going to have an early test in Florida State so we can really see how they're looking right out right out of the gates. And, um, yeah, they, I love the LSU hype. They're schedule i think isn't too bad i mean obviously they have to play bama florida state um or yeah i get it's sec it's gonna be tough but i think they're gonna be favored in a lot of those games um if not all of them maybe not bama but uh yeah that that's kind of my rundown on lsu i know like when we have our futures episode a lot of people are big on lsu and um i definitely don't see a reason why not to be yeah i mean like i totally agree um you get like eleven to one in the title, of plus, where are they, four fifty for the SEC champion and three forty to make the playoffs. Um, great value. And Jane Daniels, I believe, is number two in the Heisman right now. Yes, he is. He's right behind Caleb Williams at twelve to one. So they obviously really Vegas obviously believes in him. So if that's any indication, you, we probably should too. I mean, Vegas knows. Um, and then like that, yeah, like Malik Neighbors, I think is going to be a beast too. Like yeah, fill in that role. First, first round yeah. draft pick. Like, I think, yeah, like you said, yeah, I think he's going to fill in that role perfectly. So I, I'm all in on LSU. Uh, yeah, like you said, like their schedule, nothing's crazy. They got to go to Tuscaloosa. So they got to go to Bama, which that will be very tough. But they go to Ole Miss, which will be a tough game too. And that Florida State, that's a um, neutral site. So they're going to have, but you almost want a little bit of a schedule too. Yeah, for the sake of um, 
the resume at the end of the year. If you do lose a game or two to a very good like Florida State team or uh, Alabama, you have that resume late in the year where it's like, okay, we can look back on that. So that's why like uh, it didn't take long for Brian Kelly to really build anything, build something at LSU, which I I kind of figured it wouldn't take long because he's that good. He he could build something at Notre Dame. I understand it's Notre Dame; they have the history and everything, but. He was consistent, like consistently great at Notre Dame. So I had no problem at LSU. I didn't think he would, and they were in the SEC championship game. So I like LSU a lot this year. I do have a future on them to win the SEC, or at least so they get there, and then you play like Georgia like they did last year. Maybe you can hedge it or something. But I'm in on LSU. They're another team like like Georgia, like Bama. They they got that reload kind of thing now that Brian Kelly had at Notre Dame. They reload. They just bring in talent like nothing like it's their job yeah i mean obviously you have top five quarterback and like in in college football and top five coach probably and like after last year they're only going to get better they're only going to get better players everything yeah like we've been saying obviously luke you just said it it's they're reckon they're going to be in this conversation too i know it after this year where i mean this three-headed just lsu alabama and georgia is going to be here for the next couple of years and it's going to be crazy. I mean, all these teams are just going to reload and reload and reload. They're going to, every transfer is going to be the top transfer is going to be LSU, Alabama, Georgia. Like that's just what it's going to be. And obviously you can expect any of these three teams are playing for national championship, obviously. So it's going to, it just comes down to like if they beat each other and shit. So you just pick your, like whatever one you like the best is which one you're going to have to take. And, I like Alabama and Georgia over these over LSU just because they have to go to Alabama this year. I think, yeah. But I mean, well, I mean, you can bring up the team. point too. Like LSU, they beat Alabama last year, and I understand it's in Tuscaloosa this year. But I mean, leading up to that game, though, seeing just how teams play, at LSU might not be like scared of them at all, and just like have that chip on their shoulder where like. I mean, this is a game that we have to win. Like, obviously, Bama's going to know that, too. But just them, like, not being, like, the little brother, but, you know, side, like, side piece of the SEC West. Like, I don't know. I think they'd come out and get them. Um, oh, yeah, that, too. They, I was reading this thing. They said that B.J. Ojolari and Keishon Butte were their biggest, like, pieces that they missed from last year. If those are, like, the only two pieces, and I – I mean, especially they, – they were number two in the transfer uh, rankings, and it was right behind Colorado. And Colorado replaced an entire, like, 53-man team. So they have the number one, and it's – yeah, it's it, – I'm all in on LSU. Um, we have three minutes on our Zoom, so we'll be right back. Okay, and next we have the Tennessee Volunteers. So they lost their offense coordinator, which helped make them the number one passing attack in college football last year. Uh, their new guy has been with Hypo for the last 15 years, and he was a QB coach last year, or last how many years at Tennessee. Um, Hypo said that they'll be running like the same exact offense, and uh, their QB coach, he's the uh, same person that like recruited um, like all the quarterbacks that they have now. So I think it'll be a pretty seamless transition. Um, like their offense coordinator that they had, he's like the head coach at Southern Florida now. So, I mean, I don't know, take that how you will. 
Uh, Joe Milton, he's coming in with his rocket arm. Uh, number one quarterback in the class is behind him. Uh, he's a freshman, though. I don't think he's going to be coming in. I think it's Milton's year. Uh, obviously, if you know anything about Joe Milton, you know he can throw the ball a fucking country mile. Uh, we'll see how that works. So uh, Jalen Hyatt and um, Cedric Tillman, they're gone, but they have a bunch of guys coming up. They returned Squirrel White and Brew McCoy, who are two great wide receivers, and they got someone else as well. Uh, I forget who, but fuck it. Uh, defense, they lost some guys, but I think they should be good to go. Tennessee had an insanely underrated defense last year. They made so many plays. And um, obviously their offense took most of the shine from last year, but their defense was very good as well. So, um, yeah, I think Tennessee, it's just a matter of if you believe in Joe Milton or not. And uh, I guess if you believe in Heupel too, like Heupel's obviously an unbelievable coach and uh, the vibes in Tennessee are great. So, um, yeah, that's my spiel on Tennessee. Yeah, like you said, like if you believe in Joe Milton – that's really what it is because that was like the same thing going into the year with Hendon Hooker. Like, was Hendon Hooker going to be a guy that – I mean, obviously they didn't even have much expectations last year. Now they do because you have Heupel. He, you showed what he can do with Hendon Hooker, and Hendon Hooker wasn't great previous years, and neither has Joe Milton. So he's got the rocket arm. He's got the arm talent. He's got everything you want in a quarterback that could that's going to put up numbers, but can he do it? At the college level, he did he did good really good last year when he was in the game. I think he had like ten touchdowns, no interceptions, threw for nine hundred something yards. This is off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure that's right. So he showed it. Obviously, it wasn't it was games when you're up big or late, and it's like backup defense, everything like that. But he showed what he can do or what's he what he's capable of is what I'm getting at. Oh, uh, you can get him five hundred to win the East. Uh, obviously, Georgia's in that, so. It comes down to your – they play home against Georgia. Can they do something there? Um, early lines looking like Georgia's favored by eight. So, obviously, it's going to be like that. But uh, And then 1,400 to win – 14 to one to win the SEC total. So, not terrible number, I don't think, if you think that these guys can do what they did last year. They were right there last year if um, Hooker. Hooker doesn't get hurt. So, if you believe in these receivers can replace Jalen Hyatt um, and – Tillman. Tillman. There you go. You then you then you're already that step, that far closer, but that much closer. But if you then it comes down to Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker, and I thought Hendon Hooker was great. So, and that's a I didn't I forgot to pull up his Heisman odds, but it's crazy if he can just. It's twenty five to one. If he can put up numbers that elite arm talent quarterbacks can do, there's nothing stopping him. Like Hendon Hooker was right there last year. They're gonna put up points. They're gonna. Flat, be really flashy, big bombs, everything like they've done last year. So there's nothing to holding these guys back too much. They're Tennessee's back almost, it feels like, which is awesome because that atmosphere is crazy. So I love it. I'm, I'm kind of in on LSU, but obviously we all probably are because we like LSU, but that could be a little biased, obviously. Oh, yeah, I am so big on Joe Millen. I think he's going to have, which is crazy to say, I think he's going to have a better year than Hendon Hooker. So I'm loving oh. Tennessee. You're going to see some futures out of me. I don't care. I'm all in on Tennessee. I fucking love Joe Millen. Not as much as somebody we'll talk about later, but it's going to come down to Joe Millen. And I think if he can absolutely sling it like, yeah, I know he can. I know he can. Then they're going to be, I think they're going to be really good. There's going to be, they're going to be a test. I think there'll be a test of Georgia, everything. I like Tennessee. So, yeah, I mean, it, it if he lives up to that, like, 25-1, to 1, I think that 
I mean, it's pretty, it's not like the largest, you know, thing for like a Heisman. So if he like plays up to that hype, even I think, yeah, Tennessee would be really damn good and should win pretty much every game other than Georgia. So, uh, yeah, who do we got next? Texas A&M? Mm-hmm. Texas A&M, Jimbo. All right. Their defense should be really solid, especially their secondary. Uh, they have five stars everywhere. Um, decently young team, but still have a ton of studs around. Here's another team. Not a lot of big names that we know yet, but we will uh, once they start playing, obviously. Uh, they are really good at stopping the run last year. Or wait, they are really bad at stopping the run this last year. If they can like figure that out, that'll be huge. I mean, obviously, their defense getting older. Um I mean, they had a bunch of freshmen out there, you know, trying to tackle SEC guys. Uh, just didn't work out. Um, the quarterback, Connor Wegman, there's a lot of hype behind him. He played – I mean, he's shown flashes of being a really special quarterback. Um, he's got a great wide receiver group to throw to also this year. So um, we'll see how that goes too. A new, new offense coordinator. This is the biggest difference of their team. They got – fucking what's his name? Uh, Patino or, or – uh, shit. Not Patino. I know yeah. exactly. Oh. Some Italian name, but he's coming in and apparently just completely changed up the offense. Jimbo's giving him the free reins to do his thing. And that, I think that's why there's so much hype behind Texas A&M because they have the players. It's, they're going to have, uh, like what we expect the coaching now. Yeah. Bobby Paterno. Um, but yeah, um, Fuck, just lost my <laughs> But anyway, yeah, if he can make a difference, because Texas A&M, I mean, they beat Ban- or LSU last year. I don't know. Like, they've shown how good they can be, and with this much of an improved offense, yeah, I mean, I think Texas A&M could be a really dangerous football team. Yeah, the Jimbo years have not been, like, what you've expected, like, especially as an A&M fan, because I think last year with their preseason rank six, they were super high last year. Uh, for an A&M team that was really young. Like, they had the number one recruiting class, but that's super young. Uh, they have a gauntlet of a schedule. If you're looking at, like, if you go through their schedule um, right away, you're week two at Miami, and we don't, Miami's in a similar situation as A&M. A lot of hype last year. Can they get back to it? Um, then lay up um, at Arkansas, home against Alabama, at Tennessee, all in a row. Like, that's going to be – that's a really tough stretch. Uh, then – Homing at South Carolina is not a no layup, but then you're at Ole Miss, so and then you end the season at LSU. So they have a very, very hard schedule. Uh, but if it's anything like they were supposed to be last year with a better quarterback, because their quarterbacks last year were awful. I think they went through like three or four quarterbacks. Yeah, then and they, they got were, to Wigman. Yeah, and Haynes King well, doesn't know how to throw football, and it showed. So I forget the other guy they, they went through. But, yeah, they just have – this is the year I feel like they got – Maybe a better quarterback because Wegman did throw, like you said last year, right? He, yeah, he played, he played last year and he, he was he was solid because yeah. yeah, they like you said they beat LSU, but the schedule is so tough and it's got to be he's got he's on the hot seat already because you're a And M. I feel like they've had winning seasons before. They've had good players. They've had good coaches. They've had good seasons. Obviously, well, we're boosters, talking about his boosters Mines are giving out. him whatever he wants. Exactly, so they got to see. Results like how do you, they just I don't know where they just become the top recruiting like recruiting class last year and all those guys left but your Texas A&M they have a culture there it feels like they're built they've they're building something they were at least and you get Jimbo is a lot of excitement but now he might be gone so we have no idea I 
think they, I think they'll be solid. I think they'll be better than last year because last year was just the most disappointing thing ever of AM because, like I said, they were top six. But I'm not out on them, not really in on them. It's just like we're going to see what happens. Oh, uh, yeah. I, after last year, obviously they're bringing in new coaches and stuff, and some of those recruits that stay in, they're going to be older. But I don't know what to expect out of a team like AM after it wasn't like they had like a seven win season, they had a five win season last year. That is putrid is the best word to explain. That is terrible. I don't really know. I don't know if it's like Jimbo's fault. I don't know what it is. Obviously, you get a new head coach in there, our offensive coordinator and everything, but lose like a good running back with the chain and everything. I don't know. It's going to be confusing. I can see him being decent, though, obviously, because they're going to, they still have talent and everything, and it's SEC and all that, but I don't know. It's going to be weird. Uh, moving into Ole Miss. I fucking love that song. Uh, shout out Lil John. He's a man. Um, Lane Kiffin, first things first. His girlfriend, uh, she might be a couple years older than me, but um, he Lane Kiffin knows how to recruit. That's what I was getting at there. Uh, love him or hate him, though, he's a hell of a football coach, and he had a shit ton of great transfers. Uh, they got new defense coordinator, and they worked together at Alabama, but that – defense coordinator that he got he got fired from Nick Saban because um he got a DUI so maybe you know get a second chance see what he can do uh Jackson Dart Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard are their quarterbacks who's gonna start we don't really know um yeah Lincoln Riley just (laughs) they asked him about that whole having three quarterbacks zero quarterbacks saying he doesn't see it that way at all um, I'd imagine they go back to Jackson Dart, but uh, obviously if he doesn't live up to what he can, then they got options. Uh, the running back, Quinshawn Judkins, true freshman last year, he's absolutely unreal, and uh, they added some guys too just to help him out in the back in the backfield. Their old line, a lot of the guys are returning. They're going to be way more experienced than last year. Um, their wide receivers weren't as good as normal, but Ole Miss is one of those schools that they're able to get big-time transfers. They did a really good job at uh, building that back up again. Um, but, I mean, Luke's going to get into the schedule, but it's not looking else. I mean, Ole Miss, there's going to be some games where it's going to be fun. They're going to look really good, and they're also going to have these games where they're just pay, playing teams who they are in, like, their prime, <laughs> for lack of a better terms, and it's just it could be ugly. Yeah, um, last year they started, what, um, 7-0, something like that? Yep. It was crazy how good they were. Um, well, they were supposed to be so good, and then they started getting into the gauntlet of their schedule, and you saw what happens, and blah, blah. One and five finish. Exactly. So, that's tough. Uh, the, they're probably not going to win the SEC, obviously. I mean, there's so many good teams in the SEC right now that are probably going to win. But if you want to say 45-1, to uh, to win their division – Still going to be tough, but winnable compared to, like, the Tennessee. I feel like, I feel like it's way more winnable because you have LSU and um, Alabama instead of Georgia, who just has such an easy schedule. So 20-1, to 1, not not terrible. Um, Judkins, 50-1 to 1 to win the Heisman. If he's the best running back in the country, he'll have a very good shot because there's some really good running backs come back. And he's not going to be compared to, like, these Trayvon Hendersons and this Blake Corums of the world. He's the guy. Yeah, like the workload's yeah. gonna be off the charts for him. But that schedule, going back to schedule, is so tough because this that 
the West is way better than the East, uh, in my opinion. Like deeper, I feel like because yeah, you have sure. Georgia, Tennessee, and there's just nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go at Tulane right away, like second game of the year. Tulane literally beat USC last year. Maybe obviously not the same team, but still. Uh, then you're at Bama week four, home against LSU the next week, week five, and then you have Arkansas, who's not no pushover. I know you're home, but still. And then at Auburn, like that's a four game, like a four week stretch. It's very tough. Then you have a little break, and then you're, then you're Texas A&M and Georgia back to back, and then end it with at Mississippi State. So, super tough schedule, super tough Lane Kiffin. I love Lane Kiffin. I liked, I like Jackson Dark. I like Saunders too. I like both of them honestly. It's just really weird situation because why would Saunders go to, for his like sixth year, go to Ole Miss if he's not guaranteed a job, which makes zero sense to me. So that's where I'm still kind of like trying to wrap my head around it, but. I think that I like Ole Miss. I liked him last year. I just like Lane Kiffin and his, like, play style and the thing around Ole Miss because their jerseys can be very cool at <laughs> yeah. times. I really like that. I liked um, – what was his name? Matt Corral. I really liked him oh, too. Yeah. So that's part of it. But they just have such a gauntlet of a schedule. As any team in the SC, if you're not at the top, you're going to look at their schedule and be like, oh, my God, do they have to beat a lot of good teams to do anything. Yeah, I think if if like Ole Miss, obviously it doesn't make too much sense here. But like if they were in like any other conference besides the SEC, because I think SEC is going to be very, very, very good this year with the other teams we just talked about. But that's a tough schedule they have. But like obviously you got one of the best running backs. I mean, quarterback, whoever ends up being quarterback, they're all solid options. And it's just crazy how you can start seven or no playing easy teams like they did last year, and then finish one and five. So it shows like maybe. Like, obviously, they'll beat the good, like, the bad teams and, like, the average teams. But can they get over the hump and beat some of them good teams? I don't know. But we'll have to find out. I, don't, I think it's going to be another weird team, kind of like an A&M this year. I think you don't really know exactly what you can get out of them, but they could surprise you. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, now in the Auburn. Auburn, I mean, obviously, a lot of uh, offseason hype. They got Hugh Freeze from Liberty, uh, formerly at Ole Miss. Uh He's one hell of a coach with one hell of a background. Uh, if you want to either talk to prostitutes, to blindside, apparently he spanked a woman employee with a paddle. Um, but, yeah, at Auburn, SEC football, they don't really care. Uh, quarterback Peyton Thorne from Michigan State. Um, obviously, probably a lot of Big Ten fans listening to this probably think that Peyton Thorne's a shit quarterback. But if you look at just the history of what Hugh Freeze has done with quarterbacks, it's actually insane. Like, whether you want to talk Swag Kelly or even, like, Malik Willis, um, he takes these guys, makes them unbelievable quarterbacks in college. And then, that, I mean, they've kind of fizzled out in the NFL for so – for I mean, to this point. But um, going to the other part of their team, Jarquez Hunter, he's a running back. He's really damn good, and um, I'm really interested to see what he can do. Uh, Freeze, he brought in the number three portal class and uh, the – 18th recruiting class so yeah and one summer's work he's done unbelievable uh, an unbelievable job at just revamping this team uh getting it back to like to the old auburn days um i don't like obviously i'm not going to be confident in that this rebuild is going to work year one but um yeah we'll see what happens yeah like auburn is like eighth in the SEC, which is really weird. Like they're in front of South Carolina, Arkansas, Kentucky, 
So I thought it was very odd in odds. But it's Hugh Freeze. Like, he's shown, like, he can win just about everywhere he's gone. At least turn something around and make you, like, happy about your program. Maybe not championship level, but be very happy um, where your program's at. So it's just the off-the-field stuff that is yeah. questionable. But, yeah, like, the Peyton Thorne thing. I know he was never terrible at Michigan State. Like he was very solid, serviceable quarterback. The team in general is just the, yeah. yeah, it just wasn't good. So I never like I don't have a problem with Peyton Thorne. I thought even last year going into the year, I thought Peyton Thorne was gonna be really good for Michigan State, but the Kenneth Walker effect, you lose him, you lose pretty <laughs> much everything, I guess, down there or up there. But yeah, I I like I want Auburn to be back. Auburn is one of the weirdest teams ever. Cause they'll just like they'll with Gene Shizik, they win a national title. And then they just fall off the face of the earth. They get Melzahn. They win the Iron Bowl, like, one year. And he's good for, like, a year or two. And then they just fall off the face of the earth again. Like, they just can't figure something out there to stay consistently good. At least as long as we've been alive. And I want that to be back. Because I like Auburn, like, football. Because you want that Iron Bowl to mean something. Yeah. <laughs> like, it ha- like, when the Iron Bowl means something, it is one of the best games ever. Because... It's SEC football, last game of the year, to go to the playoffs, more than likely. Like, it it has been when they're good. So, that's why I want them to be back. Hugh Freeze, maybe give him some time. I don't know. Get his guys, get who he wants. And they could be could be something special. Just if he can not be an idiot off the field. And that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah, I think – I don't know if you can expect too much from this year. I think you can expect a better season out of them but I don't think in his first year Auburn how Auburn's been recently and with his history I think you're gonna have to give him a couple years maybe two years three years for them to actually like get to what he wants and what people think they might be with him I don't think it's gonna happen in one year he's not one of those coaches that can do it in one year I don't think so I think this is gonna take time but I think they'll definitely have like a better year well and he's stepping into like a really damn good SEC like I understand Kelly in his first year last year at LSU was able to do the things that he did, but I think he was also stepping into a way better situation at LSU than what Oregon did. I mean, it's NIL LSU. Shout out Jack for giving me that one. But um, uh, yeah, I think definitely the, like like I said earlier, number three transfer transfer class, and then getting the 18th recruiting. So he's obviously going to build his team behind these transfers, and then once all his guys are there, I think Auburn's going to be. Right back in the mix of things. I do love how they just Auburn does does not give a shit about anything but like winning. <laughs> yeah, they'll hire anybody. Anybody. Uh, desperate. Next, we have the Kentucky Wildcats, the same team that lost to the um, Hawkeyes in the bowl. Uh, anyway, exit Will Levis, enter Devin Leary. Devin Leary's a stud. Um, I think everybody who like knows how good Devin Leary can be definitely think it could be an upgrade from last year. Kentucky's old line last year is absolutely miserable. They fixed it this year through the portal. Um, obviously, depth's going to be a problem. But uh, their running back, Chris Rodriguez, he was uh, their bell cow last year, and now he's gone. So, I mean, obviously, it's a running back situation. We'll see how that goes. The receivers, though, not very good last year, but they were also extremely young. And um, they're returning their top five receivers from last year. They said this is by far the most talented wide receiver group that they've had at Kentucky. So that's – like something to really look at um, as far as this offense being much, much improved from last year. Uh, their defense, too, they held opponents to 19 points per game last year, and they reloaded They reloaded it enough to keep um, 
like just to be like very good again this year. So um, yeah, Kentucky, very interesting team. I have no idea how they're gonna shake out. They're in the Big Ten, they're SEC East, so that helps a lot. Where I could see them winning like quite a few games, but as far as being a contender, uh, yeah, I don't think they just have nearly the talent as the other teams do. Thing with uh, Kentucky, uh, they couldn't win with like Will Levis level quarterback. Like they, they they could, they struggled though with Will Levis. So it makes like Devin Leary's really good quarterback. Uh, but what makes you think like they can just turn around with him? You know what I mean? Like they could hardly win with Will Levis. Why is Devin Leary going to come in and turn around? But at the same time, like they do have that quarterback. So that's it's one of those you just pick a side. Do you think that? I think Devin Leary is coming into a way better situation yep. than what Levis did last year. So that's that's the thing. If yeah. you believe that, like, because Leary had very years at NC State, like very good years. So that and they they didn't have a ton of talent around him. They were good, very good, like serviceable, but nothing special. And he won like nine games, I think, one year. So that's really impressive. But that's what it comes down to. They're going to have a good defense. They have the last how many years? So. Nothing like they're going to win the SEC level, but I don't know what their over-under wins is exactly. I should have had that up, but maybe it's something to look at with Kentucky if you believe it. I think it's probably six and a half, I bet. That's my guess. But they're down there in odds in the SEC. Like, they're down there with the bottom with, like, the Vandys and stuff and, like, stuff like that in the Missouris. So that's what's really weird is you get to bring in a guy like Devin Leary and you're still bottom of the SEC in odds, and they didn't have a terrible year last year. Like, it wasn't great, but they played Iowa in a bowl game, which kind of – Iowa's decent. So, it's very – they're a very, very weird football program, I think. And Rodriguez was a dog last year, though. They're yeah. going to gonna miss him big time. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be – I think they obviously – I think I think there's a great chance they're going to be a better team than last year with Leary and the wide receivers they have. And they're always like, going to be a defensive team. So, I think – like Kentucky is actually, which this is gonna sound weird though, but I can see him going seven and six, but being better than last year. Like I think I can see him having the same record, but being better. It's just SEC. I don't think they're gonna be as good as some of those top teams and everything. But I actually do like Kentucky. I think it's a team to watch out for, upset team. So yeah, yeah. watch out for ten, or Kentucky. I mean, yeah. As far as compared to other teams like outside of the SEC, I definitely think Kentucky can end the year ranked, uh, like as a ranked opponent. Um, they. They're receiving votes right now, but, I mean, we'll just see how it all plays out. Um, next, we have the Florida Gators. Mm-hmm. I can even fucking find them. 30 minutes for the rest of our lives! 30 minutes! 30 minutes for the rest of our lives! The Florida Gators. Uh, yeah, Billy Napier, he's, he was their coach last year, first, or first year head coach. He's coming in again. Um, he's a type of coach where he's – Doing most of his damage through the um, uh, through recruiting, he wants to build like his recruits, and that's like when his success is going to come. He's doing a very good job at recruiting, um, but yeah, this is year two with them, and um, year three is going to be where we really see Florida start to succeed. Um, apparently, this year their offense line is not that great, and they have Graham Mertz coming in from Wisconsin, and Graham Mertz did not live up to the hype whatsoever at uh, Wisconsin. I mean, that offense wasn't, I don't think it was ever really meant for a guy like Graham Mertz, so we'll see how that works. I mean, he was a five-star quarterback. 
Um, maybe this move to Florida will really help him out. I mean, it's helped out so many other transfers. So he could be end up end up being a very solid um, quarterback. Uh, Trevor Etienne, I think it's Trevor's or Travis's brother, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was pretty damn good last year. Um, thing is, fucking AR fifteen last year, Anthony Richardson. He had a run for his life, and you're not gonna replace an athlete like. Anthony Richardson, who can just run around, break tackles, just make insane plays. And, I mean, even he couldn't at times. Like, I don't think – like, Graham Mertz is definitely going to be a major downgrade, I believe, at quarterback just because Anthony Richardson could essentially win you games. Like, they won uh, – fuck, what – I don't know. They beat a pretty decent opponent last year. But, anyway, um, they – Utah. Yeah. They have, like – Freak athletes all across their team. It's just that they're not old yet. And, yeah, just wait till year three on Florida. I think they will be back. Um, Graham Mertz, a.k.a. the next Joe Burrow. That's what they're saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, okay. I'm not saying it. It's just what I've been hearing. Uh, but they're another team like the, like the Auburns of the world where it's like you want them to be good. Like Florida football is – college football is better when Florida football is good. Um, but yeah, the biggest question is like Graham Mertz, like why do you, why is he the guy you went for considering he has such a bad stint at Wisconsin? But then again, Wisconsin was, what are you supposed to do there? Like the last right. couple of years other than just hand the ball off. They have no receivers. Their defense is really good. Like that's what you're supposed to do. So I'm excited to see, I was big, I hated Graham Mertz, but I'm excited to see what maybe he can do with a little more freedom, a little more open up, open something up a little for him. He's not obviously not going to be one of them, like, obviously, like, Heisman guys. But I just, like, joking around. He's like, what happened last time? Joe Burrow, uh, everyone was out on him, and then he did that. So that's the thing with Graham Mertz. But I do like ETN. Um, Billy Napier, I think he was good at, like, good coach last year. I think he's I think he's good. Uh, just whether he can build a championship-level program, championship-level team like Florida wants back because they haven't been there in a while. Kyle Trask was the closest they've sniffed to it in the last few years, and it was close, but in wild, wild right here, Florida is actually seventh in the SEC in odds, right behind Ole Miss to win it, 70-1. to They're ahead of Auburn. They're ahead of South Carolina, ahead of Kentucky, ahead of Arkansas. They're they're ahead of all those teams, which is that not not crazy? Wait, Florida? Florida is right behind Ole Miss. What do you mean? In odds to win the SEC. Like... Vegas odds. You don't understand that, Sports Joey? Bookie odds. Yeah, I get what you mean, but you're like, what's what are you like surprised about? That's they're ahead of all these teams. Like they're ahead of the Kentucky. They're ahead of Arkansas. Oh, Auburn, South Carolina. Yeah, that is right behind Ole Miss. It's like, kind of scary. They kind of changed. Order of odds, though. No. Or... See, we went Ole Miss, Auburn, Kentucky. It's the odds are Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky. Oh fuck! Yeah, I. But it, I must have pulled up like a old, yeah, old, it's, old website or whatever. So it's crazy that they're 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 ways back. They're seventy to one. Ole Miss is forty five. But still, like they're so that's gotta tell you something about like Florida, like what's going on there. Yeah, and I and we've talked about it how many times about these quarterbacks transferring and just being better, not necessarily being Heisman candidates, but being yeah. better. Not many guys you can point to that were worse. We've said it with uh, like JT Daniels as an example and. 
there's a few out there, obviously, that are worse. But most of the time, they're better quarterbacks when they leave. So that's why the thing with Graham Mertz, give him a year, next year he'll be Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, obviously, he's the exact same player as Anthony Richardson with athleticism and everything. <laughs> Identical. Yeah, not going to be hard to replace him. He's going to throw the ball, hit the ceiling, the practice facility, everything. Um, I, this team is, like, I want Florida to be back and good and everything. And I was just about to say, I think they're going to suck. And then I hear, like, they're the seventh and not. So there's obviously something there that we aren't, like, we don't really realize or something. There's got to be something there if they're higher than, like, the South Carolinas and everything when South Carolina has a quarterback who's a million times better, but I don't, I don't think they're going to be good, obviously, but I'm not like, you're not, you're not going to get one of these teams to just somehow win the SEC, but it's just like overall as a team, I think they're going to be pretty bad, but like Luke said, give them a year. Then Graham Mertz will be Joe Burrow, but not this year. He won't. So I think though that this is a huge problem. They play five of the top 18 favorites to win the title and they are 118th in returning production from last year i mean florida wasn't that good last year so i mean take that as you will but at they have at utah tennessee at kentucky at south carolina versus georgia versus arkansas at lsu and then um then they end the year at florida state so i mean that is just fucking loaded um who do we got next we got south carolina gamecocks coin i want to let you rip Riff offers on uh, South Carolina. All you need to know, starting off, obviously, um, best quarterback in college football, Spencer Rattler, besides Caleb Williams, but that's an exception. Um, Spencer Rattler, if you look at those games he played last year against Clemson and Tennessee to end the year, this man was putting up six touchdown games with like three, like, I mean, unreal stats, Madden numbers. And that was just, that was to end the year and they were rolling at the end of the year. But uh, the second best receiver on our team, uh, just is out to for three months. So that obviously does not help us. But I think South Carolina, I think their win total, I got it at six and a half. I think that is a great bet. I think they're going to be an upset team, especially when you're at home with an electric quarterback with Spencer Rattler and all this. And you give him another year. And like Luke said, a new guy in a new place, give him another year. He was there last year. <laughs> I know, um, but I'm saying like, but like you give him another year and now it's not like his first year there. I think their win total is an absolute lock over six and a half. I think they're going to upset these teams because Spencer Rattler ended the year on a fucking tear and that's just going into next year and he's going to be even better this year. All right. Uh, you want to go ahead? All right. <laughs> Don't so, diss on him, Luke. No, I, know okay, you're riding so I, with him. I was in on South Carolina. I like I'm going to play devil's advocate here because yes. people have been freaking out about those last couple games. But what about the nine, ten games he played before that. He was getting used to it. New team. He was bad. No. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're, we're people are using 20% of last year instead of... He, they were they were ranked, like, in the middle of the season. Like doesn't, mean, doesn't mean he was, like... Logan, but he's a big, he's Ole a big Miss part of that. was top ten. Kentucky was top ten. Arkansas was top ten last year. Were they that good? Yeah, no, he was that, a big no, part they weren't. Of it. no, they weren't. Exactly. They were borderline ranked all year. Yeah, they're in the, they're the SEC. It's SEC bias. But first, he didn't win his last game of the year. They lost to Notre Dame. but And that was bad. They lost 45-38. Yeah. Um, uh, not terrible. I thought, no, I know, I know exactly what I'm saying. But we're going, you're going, like, they were horrible. They got smoked by Arkansas, smoked by Georgia. Sm- uh, they 
where was it at? They shoot, I just lost it. Lost to Missouri. Um, got smoked by Florida at the end of the year. And then they beat Tennessee without Hennon Hooker, and they beat Clemson, which Clemson was an awesome win. It's a rivalry game. But, like, the devil's advocate thing, like, they were bad um, for 80% of the year last year. Like, not bad, but not good. So that's why I just don't – I see why you're buying the hype because of those last two games, but for some reason it's – they weren't that good last year for the for the most part. So that's why I just, like, try to pull up their schedule yeah. this year. But it's, it's yeah, kind no, of – six just... and a half is – a lock for six and a half at South Carolina is ridiculous for calling that a lock. Well, I know, but when it hits, then it doesn't matter. So um, I just have some stats to bring up. Um, so I watched all those games at the end of the year just because I knew a coin would come fucking firing. And I'm not going to lie, Spencer Rattler did make some great plays. But also at the same time, I mean, you can I, – I think of it as an argument – they had the number one special teams in college football last year, and they set him up so fucking good. And a lot, like, they they were able to score, get them guys in great field position. I mean, it, like, reminded me of, like, how I was looking. And Spencer Rattler, just looking at his stats, he this is in the SEC. He was third in attempts, sixth in completion percentage, eighth in touchdowns, and first in interceptions. Um, they ran a lot to the running back, Marshawn Lloyd, who's now at USC. Um the thing is, though, they they return their top wide receiver who had all SEC honors, Antoine Wells. They bring in a tight end from uh, Arkansas, Trey Knox. I think he had either a four or five-star transfer rating. So, I mean, I guess that'll help out on offense. Um, their offensive line was fucking terrible last year, so I guess you can kind of blame that um, on why maybe Spencer Rattler struggled time to time. But their defense really wasn't good that last, last year either. Um I don't know, like South Carolina as a team, I'm just out on, but uh, they will be fun to watch. So I'll give you that. Well, I'm just a Spencer Rattler guy, and I'm going to root for him, so I have to I'm taking his side. There's, I got to ride. Their schedule is also uh, not. Yeah, hard, let me hear it. Not hard at all. Yeah, right away, they're at North Carolina. It's going to be very tough. Beat um, Neutral site. North Carolina's favored by two and a half as of right now. At Georgia, lost. At Tennessee, lost. Um, Home against Florida is going to be a good game. Because let's not act like South Carolina is just going to beat every team they play at home. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> like, expect- let's, I'm not let, a- let's not go through yeah. the schedule and see no number by the team and be like, win. I'm um, not expecting a That's a very tough game. At Missouri is going to be you're not going to be yeah. easy. At A&M is going to be really tough. Home against Vandy. Home against Kentucky is not going to be easy. And then they're home against Clemson at the end of the year. Like, There's a lot of games that we're, mm-hmm. we're not talking about uh, Tennessee here where it's like, Oh, home against Florida win, home against uh Kentucky win. No, this is South Carolina. This they're <laughs> this they're this level of talent. Like they're yeah. right on the level. Of these I get teams. you. So yeah. It's not act like every game's gonna be a home game, but <laughs> or every home game's gonna be a win. So I'm just saying, not not a hard schedule by any means compared to some of these teams, but not easy for them. All right. Well, who do we got next? Um see here. Uh, Arkansas. I must dig my dig in the mashed potatoes. Go Hogs. So uh, Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks, they're going to have an unreal offensive line again. Um, Rocket Sanders, all-time name, very good running back. He was very good last year. And obviously, K.J. Jefferson, Cam Newton Jr. Um, <laughs> Sam, La- Sam Pittman last year put together very impressive 11th 
ranked recruiting class and 22nd ranked transfer portal rank. So Arkansas is kind of flying under the radar, you know, loading up on guys. Uh, that being said, though, Arkansas lost four of their leading receivers from last season and have seven guys apparently fighting for starting positions. Um, defensively, Arkansas was dead last in the SEC last year, um, which is really weird since they're a run like only team and you kind of dominate time of possession when you only run the ball and they're still dead last in uh, the SEC in defense. Uh, they had a good transfers, um, but uh, their schedule, like what Luke was saying, it this one's even harder. So, um, yeah, Arkansas, they're, they have really fun players. I uh, love their coach, but obviously they're near the bottom of the SEC for a reason. Uh, who needs wide receivers when you just run the ball? Yeah. Right, with the, when you have KJ. <laughs> uh, you just run the, it's basically run the wildcat every time. Um, I just like KJ for Jefferson for some reason because Cam Newton Jr. Uh, it's just fun. <laughs> it's just fun to like be on that. It's fun to be on that uh, bandwagon or that that yeah that bandwagon. I guess so. That's why I'm all in on KJ. Not in on Arkansas at all, but I do like Pittman. I think he's a good coach. I really do. But outside of that, um, it probably won't be that good. I will. I'll be honest. KJ will put up numbers like rushing numbers, and Rocket will too. But other than like. They'll, they'll just be okay. They'll be Arkansas. Arkansas has not been good in a long time, and I think they're just going to be like – what last year, were they 8-4? and four? Were they? I think they were pretty I good. Thought, I thought they won six, but – Maybe I mean, maybe I they were six wrong. and six. They were top ten at one point, which is ridiculous. Oh, but, then they definitely yeah. won. So, good good season for Arkansas is late, though. Yeah. I just – yeah, don't throw the ball. I mean, I don't know why they would throw the ball. That just doesn't make sense. I mean, run the ball. I don't care if it's whatever, run the ball. KJ Jefferson, every time I see him or I hear his name, I laugh. Not because he's bad. For some reason, he's just funny. Like, who he is is just funny. Like, the Cam Newton thing, like Luke said. And he just, he's so big, and, like, it's, it's funny. And then just Rocket Sanders, like, if they throw the ball, I'm just going to turn the TV off. I want to see them run the ball every single play. Well, yeah, and then Sam Pittman's fat, and that's funny, and he's a funny guy. They're, he's an offense lineman, and Arkansas has always had a really good offense line. So, yeah, they just run, 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 and let's see what happens. Uh, yeah, we're under a minute on our Zoom call. We'll be right back, and uh, we'll probably fly through the rest of that then get to our awards. Uh, we'll be right back. Okay, next we have Mississippi State. Um, obviously, first foremost, first and foremost, uh, rest in peace, Mike Leach, their old head coach. Um, the guy just knew how to put up numbers on the scoreboard. Um, they got Appalachian State's head coach. Take that how you will, but apparently they're this year at least they're going to be running, you know, that air raid offense again. Like Will Rogers, he's on pace to beat like every SEC passing record. I mean, obviously with a volume that he has but yeah Mississippi State they like the program in general is like really weird how like they just put out just random talent like really good NFL players whatever but um yeah this new like coaching regime and everything and I don't know the vibe from last year I just yeah I don't see it at all they're bottom SEC for the reason yeah I don't got much on them either uh the move Rogers is really good um and I, th- how good is he going to be without Leach? It's going to be a question. He'll be good, obviously, but he's not going to be nothing like he was last year or the year before because he, he was one of the, probably the most underrated quarterback in the entire country yeah. the last two years by easily. 
because he would put the number. You look at his numbers; it's crazy. But that's a, a test to Mike Leach as your coach. But that's all I got on it, uh, Mississippi State. Not a lot because they won't be probably that so, that that great this year. Yeah, I ain't got much either. Just new coach, new everything. I mean, I like to see that there's still gonna be the air raid offense because that's so much fun to watch. But yeah, not much on them. Uh, the Missouri Tigers, uh, they lost the best wide receiver in the portal to Georgia, Dominic Lovett. Uh, pretty solid defensively last year, which is kind of nuts. Um, they only beat Ar- they only beat Arkansas and South Carolina last year as far as teams that were like worth a shit. But listen to their losses last year. These are all by one possession. Um, they lost to Tennessee, Kansas or no, the only two teams they didn't lose by one possession to was Tennessee and Kansas State early in the year. They lost by one possession to Auburn, Georgia, Kentucky, and Florida, which is like very surprising. Um, they have, I guess, their coaches. Pretty solid defensively, but uh, they returned the best kicker in college football, and his nickname is Thicker the Kicker, Harrison Mevis. Versus Georgia, he had a 41, 49, 22, 52, and 56-yard field goal. Almost beat them. They were uh, up by two possessions in the fourth quarter, but, you know, Setson Bennett, the biggest dog in college football history, came back and won. But, uh, yeah, other than that, though, Missouri, if they're on TV, I'm watching their kicker, and that's about it. Uh, yeah, Luke's punting. Do you got anything, Logan? Uh, yeah, on October 7th, they're going to beat LSU. Okay. And Love they're it. one of my teams, so I think they're underrated upset team. Watch it. I do have something for Vandy. But... Uh, Vanderbilt, they're projected three and a half wins, bottom three, or like last in a lot, but bottom three at best in every single PFF grading in SEC last year. They beat Florida and Kentucky last year, but – I mean, <laughs> Florida and Kentucky. So that's all I really have on Vandy. Vanderbilt Jesus. received eight votes to win the SEC East. Eight. Some, eight people know something we don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe Mahomes. Is I think last year they had a few too. Oh, apparently, like, their uh, coach and um, athletic director, like, they're doing really good shit this year. Like, they are um, they have this, like, super, like, futuristic, like, workout plan where they, they can track guys' growth, and apparently their, like, growth numbers are off the charts. So maybe Vandy's just going to be pushing out insane athletes, but... But, I mean, okay, I, I have the uh, numbers here. They received eight in the East. Missouri and Florida got none. Kentucky got three. South Carolina, or Kentucky got one. South Carolina got three. Tennessee had 14, Vandy had 8. Georgia had 265. There's a lot of people that vote on this, but 8 votes, a lot. Um, that is a lot. Then we go to the overall SEC. They had 5. See, Tied, like, tied with Tennessee. Georgia and basketballs, that's like that's where it's just I get reminded of when the guy... Tied with Tennessee at 5. That, that's crazy. Vandy football's back. Do you have their over? It's like probably four and a half. That's my guess. Did you take it, though? No. You say they're back. You got to take it. It's probably like four or something. It it was three and a half when I checked. There you go. Three and a half. I got to look at their schedule. Maybe we'll see. (laughs) Shout out, Jay Cutler. Um, Anyway, let's get into our awards. Um, So, for me, uh, starting off with... Coach, I guess. Sure, fuck it. Uh, I'm going to go Brian Kelly. Um, big on LSU this year. Obviously, second year at LSU. If they win the 
um, SEC West. I think he'll win it again, or he'll win it. So um, I think yeah, I think Kirby Smart won it last year, but or I don't know. Fuck it. I anyway, so. I think you're right. Yeah, Brian Kelly is my coach of the year. Just do them all, so we don't have to. Play uh, it. Yeah, good idea. Uh, co- or player, I have Jane Daniels. Um, I got he's two and Heisman, and he's super electric. And if LSU's as good as I think they will be, um, yeah, he'll he could definitely win it. And then um, out of the SEC, though, I have Georgia. I mean, they're literally minus odds. No other school has that in the Power Five, and that's yeah. I'm just gonna go chalk there and take Georgia. Very very smart. Um, obviously, to take Georgia, I'm gonna go player. I'm gonna go Brock Bowers. Just gonna dominate. Be the best tight end maybe ever in college football because he's that good. I, mean, I don't really know the numbers behind the other guys that have maybe want been the best tight ends, but whatever. Uh, Brock Bowers. I like Brian Kelly as well because I think they can win the. Con- I think they really can win the conference, and I'm gonna take him to win the conference. I think. Uh, you just got to be – it's it's one game against Georgia. Beat them in the championship. It's one game. Yeah, other than Bama and the other guys. I think they could beat Bama. Um, I think they I think they can win the, – the Florida State game's not going to matter, though. For right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I think, like, I think you can get past Bama. Maybe you lose that one. Maybe – but you win every other game. Bama loses a couple – I don't know. We'll see. Uh, if they can get to that game and get, get against Georgia, I think they have a good shot. As of now, by the time we re- – you we we look back on this. Georgia will probably go twelve and zero and beat everyone by fifty, and we're gonna be like, "Wow, we're stupid!" And they're gonna beat LSU by twenty, thirty, and win it all again. But yeah, they'll beat Missouri <laughs> by four. Yeah, Missouri by four. So that's uh, that's my um, list. Yeah. Okay. Um, Coach of the year is hard. Yeah. God, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go Heupel. I like that. I think they'll have some big wins in there. And then player, Spencer Rattler. Easy. And then team, I'm going to take Alabama. Damn. I love it. Uh, anyway, yeah, we got any more <laughs> comments? Long episode, but of course, it's the best conference in college football. So, you know, had to run that long. Um, yeah, anything else? All right. Uh, the next episode we have will be our futures episode. I imagine we'll get in a little bit into the week zero games, maybe like give some picks there, but uh, yeah, thank you. Shout out Chad's pizza. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, take it easy. Take it hard. This kid is a gamer. He's a follower. He's a playmaker and a shot controller. In case you didn't know, I got T-Bowed. He shattered the mold. And all he does is win. All, all, all he does is win games. Listen. I got T-Bowed. He shattered the mold. And all he does is win. All, 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 he, all he does is unleash. Tell him T-Bowed. Let him go. It's time. Turn him loose. Let him play. Let him play. play. on Sunday. Unleash. Tell him T-Bowed. Let him go. It's time. Turn him loose. Let him play. I'm going to church Sunday. Run pass. I think that's my game. I guarantee you that! I'm no John Elway. He's rewriting the book. Week in and week out. He's a unique football player. That's what Tim Tebow's all about. He's a gamer. He's a baller. Playmaker. Shut your He's a gamer. He's a baller. Playmaker. Shut your Unleash Tim Tebow. Let him go. It's time. Turn him loose. Let him play. Let him play. On Sunday. And all he does is win. All, all, all he does is win. One more game. One more win. All, all, all he does is win games.